Hello, listeners. Your show today is hosted by Alicia Esposito. She's a Rethink Retail top retail influencer and the vice president of commerce at G3 Communications. Alicia orchestrates 360-degree content strategy and tactical execution for G3's family of retail-specific brands. You may have heard of these, including Retail Touchpoints, Design Retail, and the Retail Innovation Conference and Expo. You can hear more from Alicia as she hosts the Retail Remix podcast which you can find on all of your favorite podcasting apps. In this episode, Alicia speaks with Derm to Door founder and CEO Dr. Lily Talakub about her mission to provide personalized skincare to consumers. If you enjoy this, show us your support. Leave a five-star rating on the Spotify and Apple podcast apps. Thanks. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Rethink Retail Podcast. I'm your host for today, Alicia Esposito, and today we are speaking with Dr. Lily Talakoub. Dr. Lily is a board-certified dermatologist and the founder and CEO of derm to door a robust, curated skincare e-commerce platform with a dedicated shopping mobile app, AI-driven skin analysis, and a network of teledermatology providers offering on-demand appointments from your phone or tablet. Dr. Lily also harnesses the power of social media and has built a following of fans who watch her educational videos on TikTok and Instagram. Dr. Lily, as a skincare buff and fan, it is great to have you on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. So um, let's kick things off at a high level. Why don't you share a little bit about your background as a dermatologist and uh, how that paved the way for you to found derm to door Right. Yeah. So I am a skincare buff, not just a dermatologist. You know, dermatology is just a field is a field where we diagnose skin conditions, but really sometimes the problems and a lot of the treatments come from basic skincare and just knowledge of basic skincare. So I started my practice in dermatology 13 years ago. I see over 200 women and men a week. And throughout the years, I just found the number one problem people really just had was they had a shelf full of products, but no idea how to use the products. Don't They didn't know what to put on, how to put it on, or really what was right for them. And then with the rise of Instagram and influencers and people buying products on e-commerce, the problems actually just got worse. People just bought things because other people recommended them, but really without a knowledge of whether or not it was right for them. So I started this company called Derm to Door, where we do telemedicine, where we can see you as a patient and make recommendations and send you prescriptions. But really my gut and my passion um, for this project came from recommending skincare for people, but really just also teaching them how to use it. So we have an e-commerce platform that we sell best in class skincare, but we have live chat where we have a team that just answers questions. And we get hundreds of messages a day with people asking, you know, I use glycolic acid. Can I mix it with my retinol? I'm pregnant. Can I use this product? How do I put my sunscreen on? Do I do it before my, my exfoliant or do I do it after? And just those questions that you, I know everybody out there has that you just don't know who to ask we answer them for you and we help you choose the best skincare products. And really the, it blew up because people 
wanted those kind of inside tips to skincare. Yeah, I I can vouch for that because I know like I've always been someone that wants to learn more about skincare, what ingredients or even what order to put products in. And there's so much information out there. Every person is different. Every person's skin type is different. So like one product that is great for me may not work for you and vice versa. So there are definitely a lot of factors at play and it's such a personal process and a personal experience. So I guess that leads me to my next question about, you know, what you're what motivated you to start your own skincare marketplace and what you felt was really lacking, right? Like what did you want to bring to the table based on your expertise that you knew like you of all people could provide through this marketplace experience? So when people ask me, you know, are you a telehealth company? Well, we are a telehealth company. We're a teledermatology company, but I really always say we are a customer service company and that's what I felt like was lacking out there. Nobody really could get assistance for skincare. So if you go to, for instance, some of the econ- the um, brick and mortar stores to buy skincare, the only people that are really helping you are the people selling the products, right? And not many of them have really adequate or in-depth skincare knowledge. So if you came to me and said, I have rosacea, I need skincare um, products that's really good for sensitive skin and irritated skin and barrier repair, we have the skincare, but we also have the tips. We would tell you, your, your, maybe your cleanser that you're using is irritating you. We'll tell you not to mix the acid into your products and you shouldn't be exfoliating. And maybe your um, moisturizer doesn't have enough, you know, um, emollients in it that is gonna soothe rosacea prone skin. So it's really the customer service and the expertise in skincare that was lacking. And so I felt like, you know, as you know, Alicia, like you said, you know, I really wanna know about skincare. I really want the knowledge base because what's right for me is not maybe right for somebody else and vice versa. Don't you feel like the, you're just confused by all of the ingredients that are out there and just all the products that have all these ingredients. Like sometimes you see things and it sounds so amazing, but you don't know, you know, is this going to mix well with everything I'm using? Is it going to irritate or, or, or maybe you've used something that has irritated you. Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, I know I have a case, like my core group of friends, like we just like share skincare, like recommendations and like things that we're trying. And I was so excited to give my friend a new serum. And he was like, oh, like, I really love the idea behind this, but it did not work with my skin. Like I got a rash and it was like, it burned and I was so bummed, but it like really just reaffirms the fact that it is such a personal thing. And, you know, sometimes you have to like test different things and like in your case, have an expert on hand to kind of provide that uh, guided level of service and consultation to make sure like you're headed down the right path, not just for, you know, if you just want a new routine or maybe there's a specific goal or need that you're trying to address. But um, obviously, a very innovative concept addressing a very big need, I think, especially um, over the past two years, skincare really rose to the top in terms of priorities um, for a lot of folks, including myself. Um, But in terms of like actually building the business, again, this new concept, this blending of a marketplace product with service, what were those early days like for you? Like when you first launched, right? Because I I could imagine, and I say this as a non-entrepreneur, like when you first bring something new to market, it's a bit of a, okay, like, let's wait and see how this goes. Like, did you learn anything in those early days? Did you have to adjust anything? I mean, you know, as, as any startup, you know, we, it was, it's scary. It's everything is scary. You, I never knew how to start an e-commerce company. I never had an e-commerce company, right? Understanding the backend platforms, the 
the customer acquisition, you know, costs, the marketing. So I'm the CEO of the company. So I, I handle all of the day-to-day operations as well. I pick all the skincare. I handpick every skincare product that's on our platform and I test every single one. So I also do all the testing in the back end and all the, you know, relationships with the brands. But also I, you know, learning how to do marketing was a whole nother field in the world of digital marketing. So it was a bit scary. It's hard to kind of understand things that you aren't used to doing every day. And it's also not my in my wheelhouse. But, you know, as any business, the School of Hard Knocks teaches you more than anything else. So trial and and not being afraid of failure was kind of the most important lesson. You know, I've never in my life, I've never been afraid of failing. Sometimes the failing actually teaches me more things than than doing things the right way the first time. So, So just doing things wrong really was important for me to learn how to do things right. And um, it was hard. Recruiting people on my team was, was difficult because, you know, what was the job description of somebody that was doing maybe the digital marketing? Well, well, a lot of it is be able to do everything. Like I used to ask everybody that I hired, if I were to never show up again or never show up again on the job, would you be able to do everything that I do tomorrow? And so some people, you know, they work at such a very high level and they sometimes can't do the smaller tasks. And some people do the small tasks, but really can't see or have foresight in the strategy. So, so it was really hard finding people that can do a little bit of both and finding the team that I needed to kind of launch was really the most important part of being able to, you know, really make it in the first year. Yeah, I think that's a really great point, Dr. Lily, around, you know, finding people's skill sets and like how they can naturally and organically work, like how their brain works. Um, because I think finding that right mix of strategic and tactical for a startup, especially, is um, really effective. But I do want to kind of drill into, um, you know, some of the the tech innovation, how we're using social media to build communities and and to drive awareness. But before we do that, I would love for you, I mean, obviously fast forward a little bit to where we are today. I would love for you to kind of dig into your your target customers. For a category like this, I could imagine it is pretty diverse and pretty vast. But I mean, who are you finding is turning to you, Dr. Lilly, for guidance? Who's going to derm to door? Um, how is your customer base evolving at this time? You know, the customer base of what I thought would use Derm to Door is actually not who actually uses it every day. I initially thought going into this, it would be people that never had tried skincare before. It was going to be somebody that maybe had a pimple for the first time and wanted a treatment for it, or somebody that maybe had started to see brown spots in their skin and didn't know what to use. But it actually was not the case. Um, we have a very high return customer rate, which is actually really important to me. I think we're a business of of retention, not acquisition of customers. And that comes from the just the unbelievable level of customer service and the attention to customer service that we provide. So it's really the very savvy skincare consumer that actually comes to us. They have an entire shelf of products, but they really don't know how to mix them. They know that they need a glycolic acid for exfoliation and a retinol for, for anti-aging, 
but the glycolic acid and retinol is irritating them. So they want to know how to layer them in. It's actually a very educated consumer that comes to us now, which is what we're seeing through all of the um, questions we're getting and the return customers. So it was interesting because I, I really thought it was going to be very simple, like use a spot treatment for this one pimple, but it's actually very complicated. If you had see, if you could see all of the messages we send back, we take people's regimens, ask them what they're using at home, reintegrate products. We'll say, no, stop using this. The cleanser is okay, but the moisturizer isn't. You need a more of a um, ceramides in your moisturizer because you're getting too dry. So we give so much more feedback than the than you would think. And so that's kind of how we meet the individualized needs. But also we have a um, artificial intelligence technology built into the app. So if you download the app from the iOS store and the Android store, what you can do is actually scan your face and it is a very highly technical and advanced AI platform that can make diagnostics on skin conditions. So it can tell you of acne scars or hyperpigmentation. And if you want skincare advice, it will give you skincare advice on what products to use. But if you want a prescription, you can also choose the option for prescription. And once we're launching that aspect in the States as beta um, this month in Washington, D.C., Maryland, Virginia, where I am, but also it's going to be nationwide very soon. So the app can make recommendations on prescriptions and the doctor on the back end will approve it. So it's highly customized. It's personalized skincare. So the well, we look at your skin scans, we look at the AI and see what the recommendations are. And we can give you both just skin referrals of products, or we can actually send you prescriptions to your house for the exact problem that you have. So it's both a technical aspect that's individualized, but also the customer service is individualized individualized too. So um, we, on another note, we get hundreds of messages on social platforms also asking questions as well for skincare. People scan their face. They take pictures of their toes. They take pictures of the hair loss. They take pictures of their rashes. They send it to us. And sometimes I'm worried because, you know, social media is not safe, but, you know, people just want assistance and it's really hard to find out there. Oh, that's great. I, I loved your point that not only is this an informed consumer and highly engaged consumer, but this is very retention-based. One of my favorite things about 2022 is that we are finally getting back to live person events. And one event Rethink Retail is especially looking forward to this year is Shop Talk Europe. Taking place June 6th through 8th at Excel London, Shop Talk Europe is the new home for Europe's retail and grocery changemakers. The event is expected to see over 2,500 decision makers from leading retailers and brands. You'll also see startups, tech firms, investors, media like Rethink Retail, and analysts from around the world. Yes, we are all coming together to learn, network, collaborate, and evolve. The event will host more than 200 industry speakers. And if that wasn't enough to keep you busy, more than 250 companies will be showcasing the latest trends and innovations that are transforming the global retail sector. Qualifying retailers and brands can attend Shop Talk Europe for free and receive up to a 500 pound travel reimbursement through Shop Talk's world renowned hosted meeting program. For more information, to see the lineup, or to register your company, shoptalkeurope.com is the place to visit. 
Again, that is shoptalkeurope.com. So to tack on to that, um, I, I love that you dug into the AI capabilities. It's super powerful. So, I mean, how do you kind of combine all of this data to kind of create this comprehensive view of the customer? Because, I mean, I feel like this is coming from like a few different sources. So there's like the AI power tool. Of course, you have purchase behaviors. And then there's also that social component and I'm sure any other service channels. So is it safe to say like this is really a data-driven operation? Like in order for it to be truly effective, like data has to be at the heart of all of this? Yes, we have a huge database. Our, you know, our backend technology, our CRM platforms are pretty advanced. Every single person with their specific login has facial scans. They have prescriptions. They have skincare that we can see the history of all their skincare, their scans, their recommendation, their diagnostics of what the conditions are. So when, if you are a customer and, and you have had maybe a prescription sent to you and you message us and say, I'm looking for a moisturizer. Well, I can look on the back end as a doctor, because it's a doctor's portal and see that, well, I gave you this tretinoin prescription and you're on a cleanse for acne. So I may want to give you something that's a little bit more hydrating as a moisturizer. So I'm not just spitting out skincare recommendations out of thin air. It's highly processed information in a database under your, you know, background information and your prescription history. So all of that's in a database. We have over 8,000 facial scans right now on the, on the app. Um, and so all those 8,000 scans go in a database and, uh, and it's tied to really a skincare journey. It's a skincare journey because you may have acne today, but maybe in five years, you're going to have hyperpigmentation. And in 10 years, you may be calling us because you have wrinkles. So throughout that journey of your skin, we can kind of look at what, what you've been using and what's worked and not worked. That is so incredible. And I could imagine too, it's valuable for like cross cells as well. So like you're talking about the journey, right? Like, oh, if you want to further improve X, maybe try Y product. Like I could imagine it's a very organic um, conversation or journey for a customer to be able to go from one, you know, possibly narrow or I guess you could say short-sighted product view to something a bit more broader so they can see that possibility and that opportunity to further address their needs. Yeah. And I, I honestly would, would love it if every single person listening to this would just test the system and just ask us a question. You can text us. There's a text on our website. It'll say text us and just ask a question. The hardest question you can think about your skin and see what you get as an answer and uh, you know, and, and really test our, um, the depth of response that you're going to get in terms of what you're going to be using for your skincare, because really that's where we're different. We're not going to be just giving you product recommendations. It's integration into what your skin needs and what your current regimen is. So, so it would be, it would be awesome for, for me to see kind of, you know, all of our listeners, what their, what their questions are and see kind of how you're, you know, asking us really complicated skincare questions and, and really what information you're going to get back. Cause I think you're going to be surprised on, on, how advanced the um, the responses are and how helpful they're going to be in your skincare journey throughout your life. I think my plans tonight got a little more exciting. I know what I'm going <laughs> to do tonight. <laughs> I would love it. Yeah, you can text directly from the website. If you go to dermtodor.com, there's a little tab at the bottom that says text us and feel free to text us that we answer them between nine and five all day. 
Awesome. Well, we've been talking a lot about retention and how you're using data to power those customer conversations, recommendations, long-term relationships. But I want to make sure we hit on social media because that is something that you, Dr. Lilly, have become known for. You mentioned it a little bit earlier. Let's dig into how you're using social media for growth. Are there any specific tactics that have been effective for you? I mean, obviously, I know video is, is big for you. But are there any tips for, you know, other new brands or, or even, you know, heritage or, or more existing brands that are trying to optimize their customer experience through social media? I would say social media, you have to be ready for a dynamic process. It is not a static process. You have to be ready to change within weeks or days sometimes your your strategy. You know, starting with Facebook or Instagram and shifting over to Snapchat and TikTok, you know, all of that requires different type of communication skills and honestly feeds. And it really, you have to be willing to change with the times. I started off doing just important feed information, like what is an exfoliant? What's an AHA? What's a BHA? And putting things in graphics. And then I saw, you know what, graphics didn't work. And so we did, you know, short little videos and reels and those didn't work. And then somebody came to me and said, nobody cares about what you put up there. They want to see your face. They want to see you talking about it. They want to see how you put on the product. They want to see how you, what you put on in from your bathroom at night. And I was like, really? People want to see what I'm doing? Why do they care what I'm doing? I'm giving them so much amazing information that nobody would have unless you saw a dermatologist. This is really important stuff. And they're like, honestly, nobody cares about that. Just put your face there, put your neck cream on and show people how you use your neck cream. And so I tried it and I was like, and that got like more feedback and comments and impressions and honestly than anything that I had ever put up before. And I thought all this work I put up and all I need to do is stand in my, in my bathroom and put things on my face. So really the most important thing I think I've learned is really sharing the genuine day-to-day applications of things. You know, nobody really wants to read a text or, or see an ad. It's, it's just real life before and afters, real life stories, how to apply things, what works, what doesn't works that really people connect with. And, and that connection is what I've learned to be kind of the most powerful um, source of information. Yeah. I think that's a great point. I mean, as a content person, I'm a, like a big proponent of like, you need to have, you need to let the medium be dictated by the message, not the other way around. So like figure out exactly what you're trying to say, what value you're trying to give your audience and find the right channel, or in this case, like the right social network to tell that story. Because like TikTok is very, and even Instagram Reels is very, you know, personable, like having you, Dr. Lily, looking at the camera, walking through the routine, showing how to apply everything. That's really effective because like maybe they're multitasking, they don't have their sound on, but they can see at a high level, like how you're doing it. And like the people that want more robust content, you know, that is maybe a bit more evergreen to you. And it's like the core, like fast facts or like the 101 of like certain ingredients and like what people need to know. If people want to go deeper, they can. But I feel like for social media, especially like those hard hitting moments, like you said, like the before and after the how to apply and, you know, quick hacks, like people love that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. so- and I honestly felt like, I felt like I, there's a level of comfort that you have to 
honestly learn. You have to learn. Like in the beginning, I started, I was wearing makeup in all my videos and because I felt like I just look better and I want, but then I, then I thought, you know what, this isn't really real and nobody really can connect with that. And I had to be comfortable with not wearing makeup. And that's hard. That was really hard for me. I had to be comfortable with, with looking like I'm sleepy sometimes because I am. And I have to be comfortable with looking like a mom that's tired because I am, you know? And so that's a comfort level. Not everybody has, but really to be able to connect your consumer, they go through those stages too. So you just have to be able to kind of let go and say, it's okay. I can look, I can look terrible, but nobody really cares. Right. Or I think I saw a, another video. I think it was for a makeup brand, like showing what happens, like if you don't do it right, or like if you mess up, or in this case, like maybe like a, a certain product gave you a reaction or like it didn't give you the desired outcome. I think those are like even valuable too, because it shows like, okay, sometimes this doesn't work out, but like, let's get you on the path to rectifying it. Or here's what you do if this happens to you, which adds like another dimension, I feel like. Absolutely. Absolutely. That comfort level, it's not easy and it doesn't come quick. It takes a while, but you kind of have to just break down the barriers and say, this is, you know, my viewers are, are just like me and they have down days and they have days where their skin doesn't look right. And, and I, and that's okay. And I, I'm, I have to be comfortable with that. You know, I have to be comfortable not wearing mascara sometimes and, and, and that's okay. But that was really hard. That was really hard. Putting yeah. myself in those videos was hard, but really putting myself in there with no makeup, raw, just showing my skin was, was kind of like a very big hurdle. I had to jump. But the, the minute I did that, my social media presence and just engagement changed. And, you know, and you also have to kind of, I thought there are certain type of platforms that, that we shouldn't be in. For instance, like TikTok, I felt like our consumer was a bit older than the consumers that are using TikTok. But again, like I said, it's dynamic. Social media is not static. That demographic has changed. I think a lot of people that are my age now, that are my consumers, they are using TikTok, even though we didn't think that was the case a couple of years ago. Yeah, 100%. So that risk versus reward, putting yourself out there, that authenticity definitely helps build trust and credibility, especially uh, I'm sure in your case, you know, as someone who has practiced dermatology and has built this incredible business, it just like creates that organic path. Um, but Dr. Lily, we're, we're coming up on our time together. It's been such a pleasure getting to chat with you and learn a little bit more about your story. But I have to ask, what is next for Derm to Door? Any new innovations, new focal points for the business, or even for you personally? Yes. So Derm to Door is going to be national telemedicine. Um, in the next couple of months, we have a huge national launch for telemedicine, for telehealth, where you're going to be able to go to your desktop and just click on a button and be able to take a picture of the rash. Uh, let's say you have a cold sore. If you have hair loss, take a picture and you'll be able to see an, a dermatologist nationally. It's going to be the, the pretty much one of the only platforms out there that you see a board certified dermatologist, a specialist directly from your, your screen. You're, you know, you won't, you're not seeing just like, you know, regular mom and pop urgent care where you're going to see a dermatologist that can directly treat skincare conditions. And that's, we're doing the beta right now in the DC market, but it's going to be national by the, um, by the fall. Amazing. Well, Dr. Lily, again, thank you so much for taking the time out to join me today. It was a real pleasure getting to know you and uh, to dig, dig deep into the business. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. This is wonderful. Thank you for listening to the Rethink Retail podcast. That's this week's Retail Rundown. Don't forget to join us next week for another episode. And if you're interested in being a guest on the show, apply at rethink.industries slash podcast guest. That's rethink.industries slash podcast guest. 
Follow us on Twitter at Rethink underscore Retail and show some love by subscribing, reviewing on iTunes podcast app. Until next time.